Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Continue our series of What Shall I Fear? And, uh, and we're on week number three, lesson three, and it's called Recognizing the Lie. Recognizing the Lie. And you may be seated. You know, we need to clearly understand that our enemy is determined to torment us, try to torment us by causing us to question God and question His love for us. Uh, And that's a constant thing that he tries to do. But the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.11, we are not ignorant of his devices. Amen. Before we came to God, we didn't even know it was the devil. You know, we didn't know what was going on. We were just part of this world and all that. But now we, with the word and with prayer and fasting, with the blood and the name and the spirit and all these things, um, we understand his uh, M.O., his, how he operates. We understand that. Amen. And devices, it means his schemes, his tactics, his methods. You know, we understand how he works because the Bible tells us, and this helps us to um, get a better understanding of how to deal with it and resist him. Amen. Um, and we can defeat him. We can resist him. And we can fight him. John 8, 44. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So he's the father of lies. His most prominent characteristic is he is a liar. Uh, In fact, he's the liar of all liars. And if the devil puts a thought in our mind, it's important to do our best not to give in to that thought, not even to give it a second thought, because doing so can put us on a roller coaster of emotions that we don't want to be on. Now, the author, because she wrote, this was a lot from her experiences, um, she was about to turn 30 years old, and she had not been able to have children uh, yet, and she wanted children. Her husband went to the doctor, she went to the doctor, and they had some kind of like a 5% chance of having children based on the situation, medically speaking. And uh, uh, this started really playing on her mind. And, uh, and the fact that, you know, she didn't want to be uh, 30 years old without a child. Uh, and her birthday was coming up, his 30th birthday, and it was very close to Mother's Day. So all these things were just going on in her mind. And then she started taking it to another level because, see, if we don't throw these thoughts out, they start taking us to another level, and we don't want that. And then she started worrying about, what if I die before I'm 30 uh, to even get to have a child? And she so uh, let that bother her, and those thoughts struck such fear and anxiety in her life, she began to get sick. She began to have all this pressure in her head, all kinds of physical symptoms, she was in the ER several times, had a bunch of tests run. They couldn't find anything physically wrong with her. 
And when she finally shared all these, because she kind of bottled it up in her inside, she didn't want to tell anybody about it, you know, because, you know, she wasn't sure what people would think. She, you know, and then she was just keeping it inside. And she finally shared all these thoughts and fears with her husband. And as soon as she did that, this huge weight lifted off of her and she began to get free from this stuff. Amen. And she, that day that she told her husband and that happened, she learned a valuable lesson uh, about these kind of situations. If you don't tell somebody about what you're going through, these tormenting thoughts, the enemy can keep you on that mental and emotional roller coaster. Amen. So the devil uses fear to try to torment us. And fear is one of those strange voices that Jesus told us not to listen to. Fear is a liar, and we need to recognize the lie. And, but see, just because a, a, a horrible thought comes to our, our, our mind, it doesn't mean it's true. We can't just say, wow, that's so real. That seems so, so uh, you know, legitimate, so realistic, so you know, sensible or whatever, uh, that it, it could be true. Uh, but that's not the fact. But the Bible tells us in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. So the, 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 the important part of this verse, a lot of people just quote the second half. Hey, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And that's true. But the first part is, is key to that second part working. We must submit ourselves to God first. When we submit ourselves to God then the resisting will be a, a much um, more successful situation. See, always remember, we are fighting a liar. We're fighting a liar. We're not fighting someone that, that plays by any rules. We're not fighting someone uh, that, you know, has truth in him and you can, you know, uh, work with them or anything. We're fighting a liar and we've got to deal with it that way. We're not ignorant of his devices. And when we listen to those lies and our emotions sometimes seem to back up those lies, then that's when torment starts. Um, one of the author, the author had one friend that was near and dear to her um, who had a younger brother that uh, she helped raise. And this younger brother was so young that, that he, could be, he could have been her son. And, uh, and he was, she was very protective of him and, and wanted the best for him. Uh, but something, somehow she got these thoughts that tormented her that something terrible was going to happen to this younger brother of hers and he was not going to grow up to be a man, uh, grow up to be, uh, you know, a successful young man and all that. And, uh, and then when, when she would hear about tragedies in other families, about siblings and so forth, it would just reinforce this lie, this torment. And, uh, and it was almost like, you know, when she would hear about something like that, she would think in her mind, this is how you're going to feel when something happens to your brother. And it was the voice uh, of lying speaking to her. And see, there's a huge difference between how God speaks to us and how the enemy speaks to us. The enemy tells us we better always be on guard, stay in control of every situation so nothing will hurt us because something bad's on its way. But God is telling us, in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything. Don't be worried and don't be like hovering over every little thing. Just, just give it to me. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if we pray and give our worries and concerns to God with thanksgiving, then He will guard our emotions and our thoughts. He, it said, he said He would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, God is our keeper. He is our healer. He is our protector. He's our deliverer. Everything and everything else that we could ever need, He's all of that and more. Praise God. So He's there and He loves us. We don't want to have any thoughts that tell us, you know what, God's throwing you off to the side. God's forgot about you. You've messed up one too many times. No, that's not the way God operates. Amen. Just like we as parents, we don't operate that way. We don't tell our kids, oh, you didn't take the trash out when I told you. Oh, you didn't make your bed when I told you. Oh, you broke the, uh, the little uh, window in the back uh, backyard with your little ball. Get your little suitcase, pack it up, and head down the road. You're not living here anymore. We don't do that. Right? Because we, yeah, we might punish, we might correct, we might, you know, do whatever, uh, you know, reinforce the rules or whatever, but that's what God does too. He loves us. He, he's in this for the long haul. He wants us to make it. He wants us to, to be blessed. And, uh, well, you know, what we want and need right now and always is, is, is it, we want to be free from fear and anxiety. And one of the ways we can be free is to understand where the fear and anxiety is coming from. Amen. We already learned that God does not give us a spirit of fear, right? He doesn't. He gives us, he gives us love uh, you know, and, a, and a, a sound mind and power. Amen. So we're physical and spiritual beings, right? We're body, soul, and spirit. Amen. And the important uh, uh, thing to understand is we need to pay attention to what goes on in our body and in our spirit. You know, they, they say, um, you, know, uh, you know, know your body. You know, when something's not, not right, you know, you, you, you're the only one that knows that. And so, you know, get, you know, get yourself to the doctor or whatever or do something because no one else knows. And we need to know our spirit, too. We need to know when something's wrong, something is going on. And uh, the author talks about what happened to her. After her son was born, you see, uh, you know, that 5% chance she, by the grace of God, the Lord gave her a little son. Amen. She called it her miracle baby. Amen. And, but she, like many mothers had what they call postpartum depression and which is very common, but it went, you know, uh, like way further than, than, uh, than just postpartum depression with her. Because she, she got so whatever with the lie and the torment that she thought she was going to die and not be able to see and enjoy this miracle baby that God had given her. Uh, and then she was listening to Christian radio station and, uh, and uh, she heard about a young mother in her 30s that passed away. And somehow, because the lie is a lie, she thought that was confirming what she was feeling, confirming her tormenting thoughts. But remember, God does not torment His children. 
He loves us. So that must be the voice of a stranger. That must be the voice of fear and the voice of a lie. And we don't listen to strangers. Amen. Right? We were, you know, we were taught when we were kids, don't take candy from strangers. Don't go over there and, you know, and, and, and talk to them. And don't you know, do whatever. You just you know, run, scream, and get out of there or whatever. Uh, and, and the same is with thoughts and with lies that cause these things. If they're not from God, then who else could they be from? Amen. He loves us. God gives us the ability to push back on the lying thoughts of the enemy. And we must trust God and reject the tormenting lies that the enemy brings our way. Because when we struggle with fear and anxiety, the lies will come from the strangest places, from places we, would, we, didn't, we wouldn't even expect. The author had a friend who, for some reason, started having some kind of a fear of over-the-counter pain medications to the place where she thought if she'd take them that she was going to die, she was going to get really sick, something was going to happen. So she wouldn't so much as take an aspirin or a Tylenol, or a ibuprofen, or anything, uh, you know, for a long time, and she suffered with migraine headaches, and she would just let those headaches go, because I can't take that, because that's not going to be good for me, and it was just really, uh, you know, messing with her, and then, and then she was in, uh, she was in the medical profession, and she had to have a mandatory flu shot to be able to work where she was working, and, uh, and she got it, but then she called the author who was her friend and she, she was all panicking like, I didn't want this flu shot, but I didn't want to lose my job and, and I don't know what's going to do to me. I don't know what's in there. And the author had to talk her down and calm her down and, and, uh, you know, and she reminded her of that scripture in Mark 16, 18, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And she somehow said, use that for that, vac that uh, flu vaccine uh, thing Amen. And, uh, and it encouraged her. Praise God. Amen. Because that's what that scripture is all about. If we, we uh, unwillingly, you know, if we mistakenly, you know, drink any deadly thing, the Bible says it shall not hurt us. That's what the, the, the promise is. So it's not God's will for us to live in fear. Yeah, we fear the Lord, but that's not the fear we're talking about. Because the fear of the Lord doesn't bring torment, but the fear of the enemy brings torment. And that's the difference. Amen. So the contrast between God and the enemy can't be any starker and any clearer. John 10, 10, the thief, which is the enemy, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Look at that. Steal, kill, and destroy life and more abundant life. Praise God. I'm taking Jesus. Amen. On one of the other, uh, on one of the occasions when the author was feeling like uh, that she was going to die, um, you know, she was really struggling with these thoughts. And someone at church, one, one of the just, you know, loving saints of God, you know, the fellow church people came up to her and uh, saw that, you know, there's something wrong with, you know, with her and said, uh, you know, I want to ask you a question and, uh, you know, what are you struggling with? And this person, you know, was a very nice and loving, uh, but the author, you know, didn't really want to talk about it, but this person 
did, didn't give up. This person was very insistent and said, no, I want to ask you this question and I want to make you answer it because he knew uh, that if she would answer it, it would help her get out of that because talking about these things is very important. Amen. Acknowledging your struggle by answering the question is the first step to be free from it. It's important that we verbalize what we're struggling with so that we can get help. Amen. So that's why it's good. You know, the Bible said in the multitude of counselors or safety, it's good to have a sounding board in your life. It's good to have somebody you can trust that you can tell stuff to that's not going to be on the you know front page of the news the next day or whatever. It's, it's good that you can have somebody that you can confide in that can, you know, have a shoulder to lean on and an ear to listen to, maybe a, some good wise counsel and, and some prayers. Amen. It's so important, but we got to, how can we, uh, you know, if you like, like Jesus said through James, you have not because you ask not. That's talking about God. If we don't ask him, how can he answer an, an unasked prayer? And if someone doesn't ask for help, how, do, how does anybody know that something's going on unless, unless they can see it or whatever? So it's very important to, to have a communication with somebody. And, uh, and there's plenty of people that want to help. Amen. In Jesus name. Praise God. Maybe you don't feel comfortable telling somebody about it, but we should always feel comfortable telling God about it. Pour, pour your heart out to God. He loves it. Well, you know, he's got 7 billion people and a ton of people are asking him all the time. I'm sure he's, you know, I don't want to trouble him. Remember, there's no trouble with God. Don't trouble the master. You know, don't trouble the master. Don't trouble the master. Don't let the kids sit on the master's lap. Don't trouble the master. No, he wants to everybody to come. Amen. He or she that comes to me, the Bible said, I will no way or no wise cast out. So he's a wonderful father that loves his children and he doesn't want to judge us. He wants to help us. Amen. That's why he came and died for us to give us an opportunity to take advantage of his, the blood that was shed to forgive us of our sins so that we could live in his righteousness and walk in his goodness Amen. So that we wouldn't need to, you know, that our, when, when we ask him to forgive us, our sins go ahead to judgment and they're already judged and they're not going to be waiting for us. The people that just let the sins fester and they put them under the rug and not under the blood, they're going to follow them all the way to judgment. And, but if you, if you stand before God and there's nothing following you say, okay, praise God. I sent it all ahead. Amen. Praise God. Matthew seven eleven. Jesus said, if you then being evil or, you know, he's talking about being just a natural parent, being a sin, a, 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 you know, sinner person, a, a, you know, with the, the nature of Adam and Eve. Uh, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How much more? He, he wants to give good things to us. So now that we've named the lie, now that we've verbalized it, now that we recognize it and acknowledged it, maybe told somebody about it, let's see what Jesus said, how to combat it. Matthew 8, 24, when, when you know, Jesus was sleeping in the boat and uh, suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, verse 24, uh, chapter Matthew 8, uh, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then the disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful? 
O you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So, you know, these men were strong, experienced, capable fishermen. They knew their way around that boat. They knew their way around that Sea of Galilee. They had their fair share of storms. They were not given to fear. Amen. But this was a deadly storm, and they did have reason to be alarmed. And yet, through all this, you know, Jesus slept. He just slept. I wonder how long they tried to fight the storm and keep the boat afloat and bail water. Well, we'll just leave, let him sleep. You know, he must be exhausted. Oh, my goodness. What are you, Peter, Andrew, John, what are we going to do? Keep bailing, keep bailing, throw things overboard. But then they go, let's, let's wake him up. We're going under. And they woke him up. Amen. And we know what the rest of the story. He just went to the edge of the boat and said, peace, be still. And then all this torrential rain, all these huge waves, all this whipping wind, just like, just started going down to a calm sea. And they were amazed. So how long before they woke, they woke Jesus up? My, and my answer is probably too long. They waited. And sometimes we wait too long. Why are we going to punish ourselves? Why are we going to allow these torments and things? Let's get the master in the situation early. Praise God. And that's the whole point. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. And that's not just talking about time of day. That's talking about in the situation early. I know what you can do. I know what you have done. Why don't I get you on the situation early? Let's get them early before this thing really starts overwhelming us. Let's get them. Amen. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's believe God. David wrote this Psalm 63. He wrote it when he was in the wilderness. Amen. So when I'm in the wilderness, Lord, early will I seek you. Amen. So we need to seek God early in our storms. We need to say to him, Jesus, I have a problem and you are the answer. Show me something great. Amen. I have a problem, Lord, and you have the answer. You are the answer. Show me something great. So even though that we're afraid, even though, uh, you know, they were afraid, even though we get afraid, even though their faith was low because he said, oh, you little faith at the time. Jesus still helped them. He still calmed the storm. Even though they waited too long, and even though he told them, hey, how come you're fearful? Where's your faith? Oh, you have little faith. Should have woke me up earlier. And maybe it was the whole thing was a test, you know, to show, to see how long it would take for them to get God in the situation. But it doesn't matter. Jesus came to their rescue, and he will do the same for you and I. Praise God, because he's a faithful God and a faithful father. See, the opposite of torment is calm and peace, and Jesus is the peace speaker in our life. Peace be still. Amen. We need to let Jesus climb up to the bow of the boat in our storms and say, peace be still. Amen. Hallelujah. Why are you fearful? What he's trying to tell us is, as long as I'm with you, you don't have anything to fear. But you were asleep. We didn't think you could do anything sleeping, you know. Oh, no, he's the master. He could do anything. Amen. Luke 24, 38. 
Jesus said to them, this was after his resurrection, when they were all fearful about what was going to happen. He showed up in their midst and he said, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Here I am, you know, handle me and see. Put your, put your, put your fingers in these holes and, and thrust your fist in my side and be not faithless, but believing, you know, it's, it's I, be not afraid. Give me something to eat, you know? And then he took a little bit of honeycomb and some fish. It's like, well, he goes, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see me have. Give me something to eat. I'll show you I'm not just a spirit. Amen. That was a glorified body. And then he disappeared. Amen. Most of the time when we're struggling with a lie, it's not because the doctor's given us a bad report or something that we've repeatedly feared has come to pass. Rather, it's usually because of a thought or a feeling one that seems as real as any doctor's report. But Jesus is asking us, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your heart? Give it all to him. He's always, he always has the answer and he always is the answer. Amen. You know, remember in school when we used to raise our hand when we had the answer? Praise God. Well, in church, we raise our hands because he is the answer. Amen. And so, Lord, you're the answer. So, amen. Let's stand. And I want to read one more verse. 1 Peter 5, 7. So what are we going to do? We're going to cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. That's what we're going to do. And every care, every lie, every tormenting thought, every fear and anxiety, we're casting it on his capable shoulders because he cares. He's not leaving us out here in the middle of nowhere to fend for ourselves. He's with us and he's going to help us. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.